plunge right into what we're doing this morning. Uh, if you have your Bible in front of you, and I hope you do, turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 16, more or less. Uh, we're actually going to back up a little into 15, uh, do most of our work this morning in John, chapter 16. Uh, remembering that what we're after is to understand the promised Holy Spirit. And in John chapter 16, Jesus talks about the promised Holy Spirit. So I figured he might be worth listening to, and so we'll spend a few minutes seeing what Jesus has to say about the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 16, we find ourselves right sort of uh, a little bit past the midway point of Jesus talking to his disciples just before the crucifixion. Uh, they've already uh, been in the upper room. They've shared the Lord's Supper together. Judas Iscariot has hightailed it out of there. And now Jesus is talking to his disciples and uh, sort of picks it up around ver uh, chapter 14 and then last through chapter 17. 17 is the high priestly prayer where Jesus prays for us, among other things. So um, that's, that's how the, the session ends. But in between that, in the actual teaching that Jesus does, the most important thing he can say to his to his disciples just before he leaves to go to the cross. He talks to them about the Father. In John chapter 14, he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. He says, If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And there's a, a lot of talking there uh, and teaching there about how we relate to the Father through, through Jesus the Son. And then in chapter 16, there, uh, there's more of a, or 15, there's more of an emphasis on Jesus the Son, where he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. You know, apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's a lot of, of talking about abiding in Christ. And then in chapter 16, Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. Did anybody see the Trinity just now? I mean, I want you to know, just before the cross, Jesus taught the Trinity. The Trinity is a doctrine that holds the teaching of Scripture together. It's how we understand Scripture. It's a uh, um, uh, just a shorthand way of saying what the Bible teaches about God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So what we're looking at this morning is some of the things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and the lives of believers. I want first to back up uh, to verse 26 in chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus says this, When the Helper comes... Now, uh, Helper is another word for the Holy Spirit. Sometimes... Uh, it is translated comforter. Uh, the Greek word actually means and refers to somebody who comes alongside of you in order to give you assistance, aid, or, or strength. Uh, the Latin comforter actually means to give somebody strength. And so uh, whenever you see that word helper, spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, we're talking about the third person of the Trinity, uh, the Holy Spirit of God. And so Jesus says, When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father... Now, if you want to divide a church for about, oh, between 1,000 and 1,500 years, you're going to have a theological discussion of, does the Holy Spirit come from the Father, through the Son, or from the Father and from the Son? Exactly what does that mean? Now, you're thinking to yourself, why is he telling me this? I'm doing that to impress you. <laughs> See, so when you go to, to, to work or you're talking to somebody tomorrow and they say, how was Sunday? You say, well, we talked about the filioque controversy. They won't know what you mean. You won't know what you mean. <laughs> I barely know what you mean. So, but but that, that, that's what it is. Filioque is just a, um, uh, is Latin for and the son. And so, um, you know, Christians have debated that. But here's the deal. Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit comes from the Father. Elsewhere he says, you don't get the Holy Spirit without me. 
He said, the Father sends the Holy Spirit in my name. And ultimately, the Holy Spirit does come from Jesus. So I'm sort of a filioquist <laughs> for what that matters. I don't know. But uh, um, I think it just honors God a little bit more. Having said that, Jesus said, I'll send the Holy Spirit from the Father. In other words, this isn't um, another phase in what God is doing. You know, sometimes we have the idea that, well, God the Father was like really busy in the Old Testament. Uh, you know, you have the, whole, uh, the, the, the Father God, and he's, he's sort of cranky and, and, and judgmental on people. And then in the New Testament, you have God the Son with Jesus in the, in the Gospels, and it's like really, really cool because he loves everybody. And then after he leaves, then you have the Holy Spirit working, and the Holy Spirit is going to do stuff in the book of Acts, and that, that's really cool. And so we have this sort of idea that it, it, there's sort of like tag team God going on. No, all the time, all the persons of the Trinity. In the Old Testament, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now that we know that Jesus is the Son, we can look back in the Old Testament and see where the Holy Spirit is working, where the, the second person of the Trinity work is, is working. We, we understand that now from a New Testament perspective. In the ministry of Jesus, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all together. And after the resurrection, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all working together. You see, there's just one God in three persons. And so to have the Holy Spirit, you must know the Father through the Son. You, you're with me on this? Okay, so the point we're making is the gift of the Holy Spirit isn't so that we can phase away from Jesus or phase away from the Father. The gift of the Holy Spirit is so that we will come to the Father through Jesus, the Son. All right? So Jesus says, I will send to you the Helper from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will bear witness about who? Me, Jesus says. The Holy Spirit's job, if you will, is to bear witness to Jesus Christ. You know, one, one of the amazing things to me, I've mentioned it before, and you're going to hear it again, is that the people who knew Jesus in the flesh, who saw him, who could tell you how tall he was, who could tell you what color his eyes were, brown, by the way, who could tell you what his voice sounded like, those people, by and large, never got it. They never saw the Son of God. They never saw the Savior. They only ever saw a teacher. They only ever saw a prophet. Some of them only ever saw somebody who was a troublemaker. By and large, most people who saw Jesus in the flesh never saw who he was. Even the disciples didn't get it. Even the disciples thought he was all about, you know, kicking the Romans out or all about um, exalting Israel and, and, you know, that kind of thing. They, they still didn't understand it. It wasn't until after the cross and after the resurrection that their eyes were opened. And they started saying things like, so that's what he meant when he taught that. So that's what he was doing when he did that. So, th so that's what he meant. So that's why he led us over there. So that's who he is. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. See, there's a lot of people who know a lot of facts about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people who can tell you a lot of things about Jesus, but they can't tell you who Jesus is. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ this morning, the reason you're a believer is because the Holy Spirit explained it to you. you know? The Holy Spirit opened up your eyes and you saw the wondrous perfection and the wondrous beauty of Jesus and you fell in love with him because the Holy Spirit moved your heart. The reason you heard about Jesus is because the Holy Spirit opened your ears so that you could hear him. 
It is the Holy Spirit that bears witness and testimony to Jesus. That's why we believe. But Jesus said not only that he will bear witness about me, but then he says, and you also will bear witness. And by the way, if you, if you read the next uh, six verses in chapter 16 or so, Jesus starts talking about persecution. It's not like he's chasing a rabbit, his mind wandered. He's on target. He's on subject here. He says, the, the Holy Spirit will bear witness. You're going to bear witness. They're going to persecute you. They're going to throw you out of the synagogues. People are going to think they're doing God a favor when they persecute you and drive you out. But it's the Holy Spirit is going to be a witness in spite of all that. This is why you keep praying for that loved one in your family. This is why you keep praying for that friend. This is why you keep praying for that person who's so damn precious to you, and they don't know Jesus yet. You've been racking your brains trying to figure out how you could convince them to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Here's the, the wondrous gospel and the, and the promise of the Holy Spirit is you don't have to convince them. You couldn't anyway. The Holy Spirit can, and the Holy Spirit does. You just be faithful in living for Jesus. You just be faithful in bearing testimony to him. You just be faithful in presenting Christ in your life, in your manner, in your demeanor. You just let others know how much you love and adore Jesus the Son. And the Holy Spirit does the work of conversion. The Holy Spirit does the work of bringing people to understand who he is. And so Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the first thing that I want you to think about is that when the Holy Spirit gets here, he's going to give you a testimony. He's going to give you a testimony so that you might believe, and the Holy Spirit will give you the power and the wherewithal that you would bear testimony to Jesus so that the Holy Spirit will work in the lives of others. And so he says, the Holy Spirit's going to have a testimony. He's going to give you a testimony. I want for us to skip real down, real quickly down to um, verse 7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. He's referring to the cross. Talking about, I'm, I'm going to die. You're not going to have me any longer here in the flesh, in the days of his flesh. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper, who is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. See, the Holy Spirit is going to bring us a, a comfort and then also a conviction. Because Jesus says, unless I go, you won't get the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not like they're, they're mad at each other and the Holy Spirit and Jesus can't get along together. No, it's when Jesus leaves in the flesh, the reality of Christ in your life is brought to you by the Holy Spirit. He says, that's why it's better. The Holy Spirit directly in your life, working in your life, opening these things up. So he says, I'll uh, send the Holy Spirit, I'll send him to you, verse 8, and when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. And then Jesus goes on to explain that, and it's, it's sort of hard to figure out, but see if you can follow with me on this. I'm sure you can. It says, he will bring conviction concerning righteousness. This is verse 10. Because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. How is that a conviction? Um, Verse 9, I should have started with. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. First conviction the Holy Spirit brings is a conviction concerning sin because the world doesn't believe in Jesus. And folks, that is the essence of sin. It is the rejection of the glory of God, rejection of the will of God, 
rejection of God's design for your life, all of that is known in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I'm, I'm leaving, I won't be here, and the whole world has rejected me. So the Holy Spirit will bring a conviction of sin because the world has rejected Jesus. Now, by the way, that's a wonderful thing. Your best friend will tell you the truth, especially when you're wrong. And a God who loves us and a Holy Spirit who loves us tells us the truth, especially when we're wrong. That conviction of sin is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not your conscience, by the way. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not your sense of morality. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not because you're an ethical person. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. See, when we leave Christ out of our thinking, out of our lives, out of our, uh, out of our decision-making, and when we leave Christ out, we, we, are, we are sinning against God. The Holy Spirit brings us a conviction of that. The Holy Spirit convicts a person of their sinfulness against God. And so the Holy Spirit brings a conviction of sin when people are rejecting Jesus Christ and shows them that that is sinful. Now we get to verse 10, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. See, what Jesus did was showed people what righteousness is. Righteousness, a right relationship with the Father. Jesus showed us what that looked like. He taught us how that is achieved through the Son. And so Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. People are going to think, well, that's it. You know, what do we do now? The Holy Spirit comes and says, here's what you do now. You believe in the Son. You have access to the Father through the Son. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing us to the Father that way. And so Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. I won't be here anymore, but the Holy Spirit will be here to remind you what righteousness really is. Now, the world is going to reject me. They're going to think that, oh, well, he's he's dead dead and gone. But in point of fact, the Holy Spirit is going to say, no, the, the gospel goes on and on, you know, in that regard, okay? So conviction of righteousness, and then finally, Um, Verse 11, the Holy Spirit brings a conviction concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. See, those who reject Christ are judged and are liable for the condemnation of God. But in Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness of our sins. In Jesus Christ, the righteousness of Jesus is placed upon us. And our sinfulness was taken from us and put upon us. Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that brings us into the reality of that glorious grace of God that has saved us. And so the ruler of this world is judged. That means condemned. Those who align with the ruler of this world, rejecting Jesus Christ, are condemned. But the Holy Spirit comes and reminds us, but in Jesus Christ you have life and life everlasting. Okay. So the Holy Spirit brings a conviction to the world, conviction to our lives. And that's what brings us into a relationship with the Father through the Son. We read on, shall we? Thank you. (laughs) I still have many things to say to you, (laughs) but you can't bear them now. Uh, That's that's sort of a a, um, philosophy of preaching. (laughs) I have many things to say to you now, but you can't bear them now. Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. When um, the Gospel of John talks about uh, what the Holy Spirit hears, what the Son hears from the Father is what he speaks, what what he's talking about is that the Holy Spirit isn't some rogue person in the Trinity. It's not as though God and Jesus are really trying to do one thing and the Holy Spirit's over here doing something else. 
the Holy Spirit is completely and perfectly uh, one with Father and Son. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God. This is why the Holy Spirit will never ask you to do anything that is contrary to who Jesus is. You need to understand that. Uh, the technical term for it is falderall. There's a lot of falderall going on in the world today of people claiming that, oh, the Holy Spirit has told me to do this and is totally against who Jesus is and what he taught. The Holy Spirit isn't going to contradict Jesus. The Holy Spirit is go isn't going to contradict the Father. The Holy Spirit is never going to you, lead you to do anything that is against the will of the Father for your life in Christ Jesus. That's what Jesus is talking about. He says he's going to guide you, but he's going to declare to you the things that he hears from within that fellowship, that internal fellowship of God within the, uh, the mystery of the Trinity. And so he will declare to you all things. And so, uh, so far Jesus said, in, in, when I send the Holy Spirit, uh, he's going to bring to you a testimony. He's going to testify to me. He's going to bring to you a conviction and a conviction of your need for uh, Jesus, for the Son, in order to access the Father. And he's going to um, bring to you guidance into the truth so that you will know what the Father and the Son are saying to you. All right? That's why we believe the Holy Spirit has to be our teacher. Now, if you're in a Sunday school class, thank God for your teacher, but understand that you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, and, and frankly, in a sermon, you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. I mean, we just believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about this. When you get to, uh, this, it, I, I hadn't planned this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I'm, I'm one minute ahead of schedule, so I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to work tomorrow, or you go back to school tomorrow, or, or you see your neighbors tomorrow, you know, whatever it is, and people say, how was your weekend? I mean, they, they're going to say something like, well, I went to the football game. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll, we had a family picnic. Oh, that was great. You're going to say, well, I just spent presence in the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God himself spoke to me. Ooh, really? <laughs> but that's what's going on. Not, not because of the person who's, who's up here, not because of the people who are singing, not, not because of anything that anybody is doing, but because the Holy Spirit of God is in this place. And the Holy Spirit of God is speaking. That's how glorious it is. You just tell people, oh, I, I spent Sunday morning in the presence of God. What would you do with your weekend? You know, just say it to me. <laughs> and then remember, the Holy Spirit gives a testimony. Uh, never okay. Now, uh, finally, Jesus says about the Helper, the Holy Spirit, verse 14, John chapter 16, verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you, See, this job of the Holy Spirit is to glorify the Son. So he takes from the Son. What belongs to the Son? Glory. Absolute and total glory, among other things. But glory belongs to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will take that glory. All right? He'll declare it to you. He'll keep telling you why Jesus is glorious and wonderful. You know, one of the great things about Jesus is the more you read about him, the more wonderful he is. And it's almost like every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You know, if you said amen to that, that says something about your age. <laughs> and or your right upbringing. So, uh, but, uh, that, you know, just about the time you think Jesus is so beautiful you can't stand it, you find out he's more beautiful still. 
I think one of the things we're going to do for all eternity when we get to heaven is we're just going to see Jesus get more and more and more and more glorious in our eyes. And we'll have, you know, we'll sing all the songs and then we'll say, we've got to write more songs and now we see he's even more glorious than that. And it's just go on forever. The Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. But look at the final verse and, and, and we'll have that, have it done. Verse 15. All that the Father has is mine. What does the Father have? The Father has glory. Jesus says, I have what the Father has. What's that? Glory. Absolute glory. The Father has glory. He is glorious. The Son is glory. glorious. He has glory. It is a shared glory. It belongs to both of them. And the Holy Spirit comes along and, and opens our eyes and says, Look, glorious Father, glorious Son. And by the way, that's the glory of the Holy Spirit. So the, the, the Holy Spirit is to get us to glorify the Father, glorifying the Son. And that's why Jesus said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you because what he takes from Jesus is the glory that belongs also to the Father, and he declares that to us. So we have glory from the promised Holy Spirit. Very quickly, here's what I want you to do. This coming week, you're somewhere along that way. Um, with the Holy Spirit, with the work of testifying, maybe you just need to know who Jesus is, and you don't yet. Just pray to the Father that the Holy Spirit would open your eyes and your mind and you would understand who Jesus is. And even as a believer, you might have gone lazy about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to know more about who Jesus is. Maybe you need conviction. Maybe you, you've gone along, you know, that thing where you surround yourself with people who will keep patting you on the back and say, don't worry about it, everybody's human, but you know good and well it's sin. Let the Holy Spirit convict you of sin. And then in confession, know the forgiving work and the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, you need guidance. Guidance into the truth of God's word. Guidance into the truth of God's will for your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that guidance. And most of all, every day this week, just ask the Holy Spirit to give you songs of praises to give glory to the Father through the Son. Because that's why Jesus promised the Holy Spirit to us. That we would have that testimony Know that conviction, have that guidance, and give glory to the Father. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we do thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And pray that we would not only be appreciative, but Father, we would be open and, and useful and malleable. Father, let your Holy Spirit have a perfect control over us. In the moments when we tend to go our own way and to be impressed with our own self, Father, let the Holy Spirit remind us how wondrously glorious Jesus is so that we would, again, be refocused on him and him alone. Father, thank you for your work of grace in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.